Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team Tonight's episode 4, season 5 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast My name's Jav, joining me this week John Steggles from Merchester Hi Zoe, hi Jav and back for the first time this season, Zoe Pearson from Watford. Hi guys, great to be back. Good to have you back. Right, um, who wants to go first? Um, it's always great doing a pod after after a victory, um, but particularly one um, scale that we had last night. Um, it was quite something, hey? Um, it was. Momentous, but, uh, momentous. <laughs> Staggering. <laughs> Staggering. All right. The first question tonight goes to Jav and is from Nikki. Lovely Nikki from South Africa. Hello, Nikki. Um, how did it feel, Jav, to be amongst the away fans and witness that performance? It was. Uh, I'm lost for words. It was amazing. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think where this. Where the. Sorry, I will. I will address the question directly in a minute. I, I'm trying to think where this this ranks in terms of our away victories against top six teams. Um, in the last few years, now we haven't had uh, admittedly that many. So we had the City game at the Etihad when we won two one. I think that was a magical moment. I think that that was really really special because it, it was a turning point in terms of um, I think at that point in time we were chasing Leicester and I think that that particular game was probably the point at which we thought we can we we could possibly go all the way and and when and it was the first time that we we we'd beaten one of those top six teams out of Pochettino and then last season. The Chelsea win um, was special as well, 28 years and all, all of that. Um, this was probably the most resounding victory because teams don't go to Old Trafford and win generally, um, whether that's under Mourinho or, or Ferguson or, or um, the, the, the two um, stopgap managers they had in the middle. Um, <laughs> it's a difficult place to go and get um, a result, any kind of result, but to win 3-0 and to keep a clean sheet um, was something else. The atmosphere, let me tell you, um, and I don't know uh, whether that came across, it be interesting to, to know from both of you whether that came across on, on TV, the atmosphere was second and none it was amazing Spurs fans travelling on a bank holiday Monday um, how they got there we drove up and I think few others did but there was there was no public transport because there were no trains from um, Houston I think there were engineering works or something like that which thank you Sky for scheduling the game on a, on a Monday evening um, very considerate of you um, <laughs> and yeah everybody that, that went up um, just sang their hearts out and, and, it, and provided for a a, a great atmosphere and it's one that's going to stick with me for, forever I mean yeah it was a, it was a nice journey home um, and it was a pleasure to, to witness um, that performance from where I was the crowd you could hear them all the way through all the game and oh, fair play that. yeah fair play to those who got there really it, it, it sounded fantastic and yeah I, I was sat open mouthed at times just try, trying to in disbelief um you know, but how did you see it, Zoe? I mean, I, I again, like you, I seen it on the uh, the TV, and I was I was 
you know, I could hear the, the fans from minute one through to minute 90. And I think the chant of uh, you're not special anymore coming through the TV, that that, that, that rang through loud and clear. That did. <laughs> but, oh, you know, it was one of those games where I was watching it at home and I was watching it with my sister, who is an Arsenal fan, and her boyfriend, who is a Liverpool fan. And I thought, I, I was worried because I, you know, I was thinking, oh, gosh. We're playing United, where we're not traditionally going to do very well. And I'm sitting here watching it with Aguna and a bloody bin dipper. And I thought, here we go. This is going to not end well for me. And in the end, I think by by 3-0, one of them was asleep and the other one was getting ready to go out and make a cup of tea. (laughs) Make a cup of tea because I don't think they expected it either as as rival fans. But um, like you say... Jav and Johnny, it was a monumental performance, really. Um, Not just a result, but the way that we grew into the game, we got stronger, it showed us exactly what Lucas Moura can do, because I think for a long time we were waiting, especially last season, that we we knew we'd bought a, a, a very capable player, but we didn't quite see exactly what he could do until... Possibly last night was his moment in the sun, I, I, I guess you'd say. But I was very, very happy. Last do you think night. it was? Do you think it was his best performance in his first shirt? Oh, 100%. 100%. Way, way, way above everything we've seen of him last season, pre-season. I mean, he had a good pre-season. He really did. But in terms of on the big stage against arguably, a, you know, a, a real. I mean, they're not the best United side at that. That there's ever been, but they're certainly a title rival, and we had to put a marker down. You know, if we're gonna if we're gonna form any sort of sort of title charge this season, then we have to go to places like Old Trafford, and turn it into the theatre of dreams, not for United, but for for us. Mm. Interesting thing about Mora, um, he is he's our leading goalscorer. Um, I also believe he might be the leading goalscorer in the Premier League at the moment. Is he really? Well, I, don't, I, 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 don't, I don't know the latter for a fact, but I can't think of anybody else who scored three goals off the top of my head. I mean, Kane's got two, Salah's got two. Um, has anybody yeah, else no, got I, as many as three? I think you're right. I, I, I don't think there is anybody that's... John, can you think of anybody? I, I can't. I, I've, I've, Googled, I've Googled it. Do you want to run down? Yeah. Uh, we Go have Richar- Richarlison with oh. three, Aguero with three, Mora with three, Mane with three, Pereira with three, Watford, Mitrovic oh, yeah. with three. There you go. And then you've what got a, a load of people on two and with, with Harry Kane in there. So there's a, there's a few. Well, none two. of them have scored two at Old Trafford, so they can fuck right off, all of them. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> OK, I, I, I wasn't so smart. Um, suggesting that, but they, nonetheless, it, it's a it, it's amazing that, um, that it makes uh, good reading, uh, it doesn't does. it? Yeah, he, you know, yeah. and and um, and hey, Kane scoring two two in August and at Old Trafford as well. That that was you know something. All, all the records that we we haven't won um, at last season, we haven't won at Stamford Bridge in twenty eight years. This season, oh, we haven't won in whatever it was four matches under Pochettino at Old Trafford. Have, have haven't scored a goal. Kane hasn't scored in August. Kane hasn't scored at Old Trafford. All those records are there to be broken, and we're just breaking them, and we're breaking all those barriers one by one. And the critics will still continue to um, not. Um, rate us or, or, or talk our 
talk up our ch- chance, chances of doing anything. It's still all about City and Liverpool and 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 the two horse race and 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 all of that nonsense. I mean, I, I noticed that. Um, as and it's only early days, and we should, we we must have found fans get carried carried away. But after two, obviously three games now. Um, some of the pundits are starting to say, "Oh well, Spurs have done really well. They've they've kept hold of Alderweireld and they've kept hold of all their players, and and continuity is really important." And suddenly they're changing their tune from saying how how bad a summer it was and how we need to sign somebody and how the fact that we haven't invested means we're going to somehow not be in the top four. And mm. they're all slightly starting to change their tune. I mean, they're still not giving us giving us the the, the respect that we deserve and and i and i still think if it's not one thing it's the other tomorrow they'll be saying oh well uh, you know if if we won a trophy this season i'm sure for example if we won the league cup somebody will a pundit will turn around and say yeah but that's only the league cup and and you know they can only be considered a serious rival if they win the league or whatever it might be um it's if we won the league they'd say oh it's only one league yeah, it, it, you know it, it doesn't Absolutely matter. Absolutely right. Absolutely um, right. If if you listen to what came out after the match from Mourinho and the pundits, I think that's the first time ever in the Premier League that teams lost to themselves. You know, it, it was all <laughs> how badly United did, and no, no, like there was no respect for us at all. I don't think. But for me, we did a United to United at United. Um, there, you know, it was one of those fixtures where we always went and played fairly well. There would be something controversial happened, which did happen, and then we'd generally go on to lose. Um, you know, th- there was so much crap before the match about how we'd only won once since Poch became manager. You know, that's the best United have played this season, and they got mm. stuffed by us. They absolutely got fucking stuffed. You know, that that f- first half was it was I was you know not worried, but I thought, oh, this is um gonna only go one way. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was fantastic to see. Can, uh, but going back to some stats. That's the first, Harry Kane's now in the top 20 goal scorers of the Premier League um, with 110 goals in what, three seasons. Wow. And also um, a, a stat from um, www.totspurs.com from Jim. Um, our premiership record it was so bad at Old Trafford. The three goals we scored were the same as the combined effort of 14 league games between March 1995 and August to wow. 2007, which also Gosh. yielded three points that's how bad we have been up there we mm. have been utterly fucking atrocious but so to to get to get that that's what that's what the outpouring was that's why it's so good because we did stuff them but also by the same token i mean, I, I said this to zoe um or fair um we teams generally don't go to old trafford and and um win matches we not only did we go up there and win which um it's an achievement in itself, given given our, our recent record. But um, the 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 defeat that we inflicted upon Mourinho's team, three 0 I think that's the, the biggest defeat he's had at home ever, certainly in the Premier League. Um, it's also the biggest defeat United have had at home, I think, since 2014, where they lost three 0 at home to Liverpool. And I think that might have been Moyes, one of Moyes' last, if not last, games in charge. No. Well, teams, they, teams generally don't don't go there and and give them a hiding. They, they, one of the one of the things the commentator said was um, at two nil that United had never ever lost two nil at home ever. They'd never they've never been beaten two nil at home. Never at Old Trafford have they been beaten two nil in the Premier League. And then we go on and score a third. So mm. that would have been a nice one to take off them. But you know, 
Um, no, you know what I was thinking, guys? You know, I've just, I've just had a sort of thought to myself. But you know what, as well? It's put that semi-final demons to rest. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really has. You know, you always, the, you always remember the last time you played a certain team. And I think by doing that, you've, you've almost drawn a line under our season. And we could start a fresh page now. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean... I mean, we've got some other questions. Chris Cow, um, it was a right mixed bag of a game. I'm not sure if it was just me, but did Poch seem to read every approach from Mourinho? Uh, thinks one of the secrets tonight was keeping them stretched. We rode our luck at first, yet they struggled to get in behind us. And surprised the pundits didn't mention how many long balls United had to make the first half. Again, was that just me or was it being ignored? I, I would say it wasn't being ignored. I mean, they we were being battered and they, they could have done with somebody like Vardy up front with a bit of pace running in behind but it just proves how much of a, a lump Lukaku is really and, and a flat track bully who just bullies little teams how he mm. missed that open goal mm. the, there were oh. a few I, I, I don't want to sound really negative because you know we've we've um you can't it's, it's yeah. <laughs> we've just won three at three at Old Trafford <laughs> but it, but it could have been very different in the first half they they had a few chances that the Lukaku one that you mentioned, the open goal, he, he should have scored that. There was another chance where he, where he had a header, which um, I think he should have at least got on target. I know at the same, at the, at the other end, Deli Ali had a chance where he should have either taken a shot or um, having yeah, looked, yeah, yeah. looked, looked he, to the replay, should have passed it to Kane. Yeah. Yeah, just dawdled on it. He, he was in two or three minds of what to do with that, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Football's a game of fine margins. And if they had punished us with those chances, and they were good chances, it could have been a completely different game. They could have sh- shut up shop, as Mourinho's, uh, Mourinho teams do have a tendency. Um, and I felt first half, they we were playing a little bit deep. They, they penned us in a bit, and we weren't able to um, to, to play further up the, up the pitch. I think they had a they had a decent first half, in all fairness, United, but they weren't clinical. No. And you've got to take your chances in football. You don't. Yeah, there was the Fred shot, wasn't there? And then the, the Lukaku was from the yep. Rose back pass. And that was in the first 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but a few teams can keep up a tempo like that for, for more than 20 minutes, half an hour. But we just couldn't keep the ball. Um, it was all a bit too hurried. We needed some composure. Um, and what I think where one of the things that they did there, uh, Lingard with his stupid blonde hair was pushed right up and just harrying anybody who had the ball. And it was, it, we couldn't move it out. And he, he did that superbly throughout the first half. And then second half, he wasn't there. He got pushed back and all of a sudden we just had more of the ball. Um, but yeah, but saying that, you know, Delhi out Delhi, I thought he had a good game. Funny enough. Do yeah. you think he had a good game? Zoe? Yeah, I thought he had a good game. Um, again, I think it's the uh, dusting the cobwebs off, isn't it? With that, decision making and and obviously playing it into Kane would have been the sensible thing to do but I think um in terms of the tactics and and things like that about um I was fairly confident when the teams came up because I don't know if you guys noticed but that he was playing a back uh, Mourinho was playing a back three and he was playing Chris Smalling uh Phil Jones and he had and Herrera as a makeshift centre half and I I don't know whether that was a one in the eye to Ed Woodward you know, in terms of this is what I have to work with. But when I seen that they had Herrera lined up at centre-half, I thought, you know, we could get goals here. That that part of me wasn't too, you know, I thought Harry Kane against Herrera at centre-half, you know, 
claims clinical enough to think that we could score at Old Trafford. It was, it was whether we could put the chances away. And we've constantly on the podcast, we've, we've spoken time and time again about being clinical and putting your chances away. And like Jav said, that was the difference in the end between the two teams, really. You know, we grew into the game in that second half. We had a bit of a bitty first half. We were sort of, we, we were in the game, but we couldn't hold on to the ball. And I, I think Ericsson was quite ineffectual in that first half. I think he was too deep to be um, that sort of playmaker, play, putting the balls into into the into the front players. But um, I noticed in the first half that Harry Kane was drifting out wide an awful lot. You know, and he was sort of taking in that space where, because we were playing four at the back, weren't we? And he was taking that that place where Trippy would normally be bombing down that left, uh, that right side in a in a back five. You know, his Kane was drifting out wide, and you're thinking, we don't need you there, Harry. We need you to get into the box. Mm. And I think after the the first goal, you know, from the set piece. When we scored the second, it was because Christian Eriksen had made that fantastic run down that right-hand side, as opposed to Harry Kane, and he put that ball in and towards Moore, and we managed to score the second. And I think just that slight tweak of of, of Eriksen moving positions, so he became more effectual in the game. I think he had a, a, a quiet first half and, and, and a better second, but Delhi um, and him once once they managed to sort of advance further forward chances were coming and and we looked dangerous every time we attacked i thought in that second half that's um i think that's testament to pochettino the fact that he switched over ericsson to the right and then had delhi um in the front of that diamond um and and, and breaking into the box in the, in, the, in the second half it just goes to show that you know pochettino gets a lot of stick or from our own fans last season for, for leaving substitutions late and that's true he did often last season um, I, I don't question that. I, well, I, what I've always questioned is the fact that that just by making a substitution, that's that can change the, the course of a game. Um, you you can do other things. So, for example, you can change um, the the positions that personnel play in, as as, as we saw um, in the second half. Um, uh, Ericsson um, drifting to drifting to the right, and I think that that's testament to Pochettino's. Um, tactics and, and his management as it was last week when he actually he did change the personnel against Fulham um, and I, th- I think Poch needs to get be given credit for, for, for doing that as well yeah I mean sometimes you just need to soak up the pressure well, and try not to concede and we, we did that mm. I mean after the first half hour 35 minutes I thought we had the majority of the possession create plenty yeah. of good chances I, I, they didn't carve us open very much. They had lots of shots, but few on target. And you know, we finished the half the stronger. And, and but that isn't saying much, really. I just, I sort of sat there and thought, second half can't be as bad as that, can it? It really can't. No. And, you know, luckily it was um, almost rope a dope, just sucker them in, and then second half just come out. And I've, I'm, I'm, it's one of the best displays of football I, I think I've seen from us. The maturity of the whole side to play like that was exceptional, back to front. They were, you know, there was superb performances from players everywhere on that pitch. Really, really were. Um, playing United that early in the season, it can, if it goes terribly wrong, um, I suppose it's not the end of the world because you've got another thirty-five games to play. But I think equally, by getting that result early on in the season, particularly away from home, you know, we don't have to. The two things with that: a, we don't have to worry about going to Old Trafford. 
um, later on in the season because we've already played them and we've got a good result. But also we've got that <clears throat> that result. What there's one other game uh, Sunday before the international break. We, we've got that good victory very early on on in the season, and we've been notoriously slow starters in the last few seasons. But we've got what three wins out of three and a fantastic performance, and that can only hopefully stand us in good stead um, as, as as we move on in the season. Oh, definitely. But, Definitely. Just going back to the questions, um, Chris Cowell also said um, the energy Mora showed and Del Boy's movement when we managed to get past into them, it had them rocked and created uh, created out and our chances. And then he goes on to say, was it me or did Dembele just turn up that second half and bossed it? Um, they'd marked Jerryson out of the game in the first half. So Pochettino got. Dembele pushing up a yard closer to them. He started winning and controlling possession much better. Dembele is an interesting one because before the game, um, I went up with um, uh, David Fornell, who's been on the podcast a few times this, this season, and um, another mate of mine, Sam. And we were debating um, between us what, before the lineups were announced who would start. And I think. I, I I went with the back three, and I, I assume Sanchez would, would, would start. David went for um, a flat back four, and Dembele to start on the back of the way that he played when he came on against Fulham. I I, I didn't think that Dembele. I, 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 I firstly didn't think Dembele would start, and I thought that if he whether you know he'd either come off the bench or if he did start, he wouldn't play the full ninety. But lo and behold, he did. And he had a very good game. He had a good. I mean, there was it. There was much made of the nine days rest we had beforehand. Mm-hmm. So you know, properly rested, properly fit to go. See if he um, starts against Watford at the weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, the first half Ericsson was a, a bit anonymous as well. I thought. Um, but Dembele bossed that second half. He he was strong and brilliant for me. He. Deserves a start against Watford. He definitely does. Oh, he you deserves. Know, don't get me wrong. Uh, he, he does deserve it. But whether or not he he gets it because of of playing the full ninety is a different matter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's whether his. I think ultimately the decision will be down to him and Potch about how he feels and how his body is after after the the exertion of of United. I mean, I'm just trying to think what other what other midfield field options we we sort of have we've at the got, moment. We've, we've got, got Winks, Harry I guess. Winks coming yeah. back, haven't we? Yeah, Winks can come so, in. He yeah. might he might give Winksy a chance to get some minutes under his belt against Watford and give Dembele the a rest or have him on the bench. But mm. you know, at, at this stage, I, I mean, it all depends on. Um, I think I think it's going to be how Dembele feels now, and that's how we're going to dictate how and when he plays. Um, but I thought he was brilliant in that second half, Dembele. He really was. He was doing the things that Pogba should have been for Man United. Yes. Yeah. He really should. And, uh, you know, Pogba cost, what, not £89 million? Pounds? Mm. And he did play like an £89 million pound player to me. Well, there's a question from Ed Brad um, later that we were going to come to later on. But the entire Spurs starting 10 outfield players cost £86 million pounds and Pogba cost £89 million. Pounds. Yeah, so we've got Trippier, three and a half, Alderweireld, 11 and a half, Vertonghen, <laughs> nine and a half, Rose, one million, Dyer, four million, Dembele, 15, Deli Alley, five, Ericsson, 11 and a half, Moura, 25, um, and Kane, nothing. And that, yeah, that comes to £86 million. Um, Wow. Unbelievable. That says a lot about our scouting. Um, 
well, I, I, I can say youth system, but the only player that I've mentioned there that has come through our youth system is Harry Kane. Um, but certainly our scouting, certainly um, you know signing the likes of Rose from from, from Leeds United, um, Dyer, a complete player that nobody had heard of from 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 a young English player who was playing in Portugal at the time, um, and even some, you know some of the other players like okay, Ericsson was widely known um, at that point. He was at Ajax, but, but eleven million quid, eleven million quid. That's a snip. And, and he, was still, he was still fairly mm. young as well at, at that yeah, point. Yeah, he was. So, um, uh, you know, you, you might malign Levy for being a tight-ass bastard, but, you know, that's testament to the, the bargains that he gets. You know, and, and the thing is, if we'd have spent big in the summer and, say, bought Mares for 70 million quid, who would have been left out of that team? Would it have been Ericsson? Would it have been Ali? That's that's the thing you you know you said right at the top of the show, Zoe. It's a settled, balanced team. It really mm-hmm. is. It, it, it's it's fantastic for that amount of money. Utterly bonkers. You can't buy that. You can't buy that that team spirit. That's invaluable. No. Yeah. No I think money can buy that. It was shown at the end where they're all hugging, hugging Poch and going off. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. Absolutely superb. But going back to Lucas, um, he—if uh, we—if we have to drop Ali or Exxon into the midfield long term, the idea of um, him and Son behind Kane would fucking scare the life out of teams. Wow! Because wow. his his pace and his his directness towards goal um, was so evident last night. He he reminds me a little bit of Bale. Um, in a way, and he, he he's the player that Pogba would want to be and Neymar wants to be. He, he He's superb last night. Mm-hmm. He really were. He, the defence was pulled well over the pace and, OK, it was only it, it was only Smalling and it was only Jones, but he, he was out of his skin last night. He was superb, really, really superb. He's very capable in front of goal, isn't he? Yes. Very capable. Yeah. I, I'm not going to break the cliche meter again. Sorry. <laughs> fully um, deserving of his Ban of the Match award. Um, I think um, that if you look at last night, there were a few times where Kane dropped back and Lucas made runs in advance of Kane, um, the, the goal being a perfect example of that. And as you say, John, he's very direct. Um, he also tends to, well, certainly last night, and I, I suppose that was a tactical thing rather than maybe the player himself um, or maybe it was a bit of both but he tends to play very much down the middle didn't, yeah. didn't really utilise the width now and this isn't meant as a criticism of Son for example but if Son had played alongside Kane Son would have gone out left he would have gone out right yeah, he would have gone down the middle as well um, and he's got he's not he's no slouch he, he's got a bit of pace too but um, the contrast for me is that Mora is Far more, he can play with his back to goal. He can jump up and and, and head ball, balls, um, but he can also play. Taz tendency certainly, so we saw that last night, just to play down the middle and be very advanced and almost play. Whilst he's not a centre forward like Harry Kane, and nor his son, um, he's probably more of a striker or a false nine, yeah. even, even more so than Son. And, and Son's an amazing talent. And isn't that beautiful? The fact that we've got. Mora, who at the moment I think will continue to keep his place in the team. We've got Son, who um, 
is that the um, Asian Games, they've reached the semi-finals. Um, let's imagine they go on and win that. Um, could you imagine the feel-good factor from Sun, not only having won that tournament, being as cross they do, but also because it means he won't have to do his national service, and then he comes back with that level of confidence, um, not that he was lacking it beforehand, but you know, on, on, on the um, crest of a wave, and, but also knowing that he's got Mora in the team as well, and he's got to raise his game even more to to, um, to break into the team. Plus, throw in Lamella into the equation, and we've got abundance of competition. It's a scary in, in, front in, yeah. lineup, that is. Yeah. It also it's, it's one in the eye for those that say that if something happens to Harry Kane, we haven't got any goal scorers in the team, isn't it? Because yeah, I, I I can't recall a, a, us having a any sort of front line options like that since. Keen, uh, Defoe, Pavlichenko, and Crouch. You know, when we had the mm. when we had the four strikers in the team that could that could alternate, come in for at any time. You know, Son, like you say, and 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 Mora might not necessarily be number nine, number tens, but they're certainly capable in front of goal. And you know, if something did, God forbid, ever happen to Harry this season, I, I'm more than happy to have Sonny and and Lucas. You know, and we've even got Lorente sitting on the bench. So if the worst comes to the worst, we've got Lorente as an option as well. Janssen's by all by all accounts seems to have been frozen out by yeah. by the by the by the by the uh, management now. So you know he's an out and out striker. And he's come in and he's been relatively ineffectual. So why not have players that can play with Harry and potentially without Harry? That's what we needed, surely, for a long time. This, well, we, we, saw it at, we saw it at Bournemouth and Chelsea last season away when Kane was injured. Or Kane, Kane picked up an injury at Bournemouth and then um, we played with Lamella and Son as a false line. I, I can't remember if Mora... Well, Mora didn't feature at, at Stamford Bridge and might have featured in the Bournemouth game, I can't remember. But we, you know, we, can, we are more than capable of playing... Um, Playing a different way if we have to, if 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 Kane is injured, which is ridiculous. I was watching, um, or I saw a clip of of Monday Night Football, and Gary Neville said of Spurs, he says, you know, they they, they can challenge for the title, but if they if Kane is injured, that's it. They can forget it. And he's not the he's not the first commentator who, who said that. Graham Sooner said that, and I find that laughable because every time that Kane has been injured, and he's he's had two spells. Sorry, did he have no, he had one spell last season, and then two spells the season before. In in all three cases, as I, as I recall, an ankle injury. And yeah. don't get me wrong, every time he goes down, even if it's something small, my heart sinks because you don't want him to be out of the team. But in each and every of the occasions where he's he's we've missed him we haven't missed him i don't think we've we've suffered i think we would suffer far more as a team if we lost one of the back line whether that's for tongan or or, or alderweireld i know we've got sanchez but probably more so if we lost a dembele or or christian eriksen because i i actually think we've got up, options up, up front and i think we've, we've proved it over the over the last couple of years but even when kane has, has got injured the other players have come in We've just we've played differently. We've had to adapt, but we still win games. We still score goals. It's just different. The the one player I'm hoping isn't too badly injured is Trippier. Did anybody just think, ah, oh, fuck, when Ori yeah. was being brought on? Oh man, I was just like, no, no, I was expecting it. To be fair, he did well when he came on. 
and he 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 I, it was weird the close-up of his face it i don't know if it was fear or just right i've got to sort this out and, and play well but i was I, I i feared when he came on i really did but he did well when he came on i hope trips mm-hmm. is okay because again he's proved his worth from corners i mean that cross for kane's header uh, I, there's there's no way ericsson could have ever done that I'm, I'm sorry but trippy is the one for corners and dead balls for me now i mean yeah even as link up play with sorry sorry to say even sorry. even as, even as link, link up play with um, Ericsson on the second goal was was, yeah. was quite good. Um, yeah. But doesn't no. that make a change? Doesn't that make a change from from a few years ago? Where I remember us saying to each other, you know, from dead ball situations and set pieces, you know, Marks will just forget it. You know, we're not scoring from that. And now we look so dangerous from a from a set piece. You almost you you're almost expecting at least a shot on target at the very least now before it was just a case of you know writing them off almost you know it might get occasionally Ericsson would would, would hit an, uh, a good shot and 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 score a goal from from a dead ball but you know we were relatively ineffectual from corners and that's completely changed and I, I think Trips has without, without a doubt uh, pushed himself in front of Ericsson in terms of being the dead ball specialist but what the good thing is is that we have Ericsson there so that they can alternate so we have options in that sense also so if trips yeah. is off the field we've got somebody there that's just as capable to take a dead yeah. ball maybe it might not be quite so um, effective but it's always good to have options in that in that um in that sense and i was saying to jav or fair um it'd be interested to get your point on it john whether do you prefer trippier in a back four or a back because I personally prefer him in a back five going down. The, I thought he was less effective going down the the right yesterday, being in, in being contained in that in that back four. I, I think in the first half he, he was constrained by the way United were pressing and playing, mm-hmm. and, he, and he couldn't get forward. There was no way he. You know, we've done it to teams this in the three games we've done that played this season. We've done it where trips is or they push up so far and so what they're players can't come on to us um yeah. so i think i think he could play in either but probably in a five's better for me because he's got that bit of freedom to push forward i mean people have been calling calling him the berry beckham but i think he's more like roberto carlos for me he's, he's fucking magic i absolutely love him I absolutely love him um Okay, so we had a question from Ed Brad, um, which it just says, sell the rose. Now, um, I think that, you know, we've talked, obviously we've talked about Mora, we've talked about various others, Dembele. Um, generally, I think you could make a case for um, 10 of the 11 players who started, I think, had had good good games. Um, Delhi was superb. But Danny Rose, I, I really have reservations about him. I don't. I honestly, and I hope I'm wrong, and and I I hope he proves me otherwise. But I I he looks a shadow and of the player that um, we had before his injury, and I'm not sure that he will return to that level. And if he does, I think the only way round it would be a run of games. And I don't know that we're in a position to give him a you know consecutive run of games when we've got somebody who's more reliable. And steady and Ben Davis and I, I thought he was first half he looked rusty the, the back pass to um, 
that, that put Lukaku through was was was, was reckless. So you could say that that's just basic, um, a basic error that he shouldn't be making. I think in his defence that just stems from from not playing enough. Um, he didn't have a great World Cup in the two games he played against Belgium, and I think yesterday there were times where I know first half they they penned us in a bit, but. I'd, it, the, the, the Danny Rose of old would, would make buccaneering runs going forward. Just doesn't seem to be able to do that anymore. I know it's, maybe it's a confidence thing, maybe he's, he's rusty, but um, I was really impressed with, with, with Luke Shaw. And right now, if, 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 if it was a question of like fantasy football and I could just pick and choose, I would, I'd give United Rose and I'd take Luke Shaw. Yeah, Shaw was, Shaw was United's best player last night by a country mile. He really was. Um, and yeah, he, his deal runs out at the end of this year, I believe. And I know he, he liked working under Poch, so who knows, he could come our way. But um, in answer to Ed, Ed Brad's question, um, Rose, get rid. Uh, he's a mess. His head's shot. He's not, he's not there. He needs to go somewhere else for a fresh start, I think. I don't think he can... He could, he, he, I don't think he, he can carry on. In, in the way I think he, he's, he's just going to do himself more and more damage in his reputation I think he needs to go before I bring in Zoe um, John obviously we can't sign any players um, until January mm-hmm. um, are you suggesting that he goes in, in the European window which is going to close at the end of the week and if he does then we don't really have any cover at left back I know we've got Walker Peters who could play there but he's not not naturally left footed I know we've got Vertonghen who can play there but he's not a left back and we, we, we'd be wasting Yan if we played him there has Walker Peters gone on loan? I thought I think he has. Has he? Yeah. Uh, has he always uh, that's somebody else? I think I think he's still around. Carter Car- Car- Vickers went on loan. Car- 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 sorry, Car- some somebody with a double barrel surname's gone on loan. Um yeah. Uh, it's a hard one. I don't if if some decent money comes our way. I'm I'm if and if Poch sanctioned it, it's all down to what Poch wants at the end of the day, isn't it? If he if he doesn't see there's a future for him then he'll go. But from last night's viewing, that first half was was an utter horror show. It really was. Considering how well the rest of the team played in the second half, he sort of didn't rise with the team. He's he, um, I, I, it's harsh, but get rid. I realistically, I don't think he's going to go anywhere in in the window because he played last night, and I think that by playing last night, I think that was a uh, uh, you know signaling signaling his his intent that. He's not going to go anywhere for the moment, and his performance certainly wouldn't have. Um, uh, I don't think it would have encouraged any any possible suitors to to put in a put in a bid for him. I would. This isn't going to happen, but I would. I would. I would ship him out on loan, back up to Leeds, um, drop a division. Um, that's probably not best for him, but he'll play under Bielsa, um, and that'll toughen toughen him up, and he'll get a run of games. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Zoe, am I being too harsh on Danny Rose? Uh, do you know the problem with Rose is that his attitude and the things that he's done in the past almost it almost comes ahead of his ability now. You know, you don't think of Danny Rose the defender. You think of Danny Rose, you know, the guy who's running his mouth to the press. Danny Rose, the guy who's sulking in the dressing room, and ultimately. Potch said, and this is what he said from the very beginning of the season, that everybody start 
lots of fresh now. And I think you're right in that the longer this transfer window goes on and there's and there's no rumblings about Danny being shipped out, I think he's going to be with us to, to, at the very least, January. I can't see... I mean, I could be wrong and, and we could be speaking again and he could be, you know, out to a to a foreign club but uh i don't see the, i don't see the benefit of that really i don't see what putting him out out on loan does for for us as, as a team i think it's better that we have everybody that and like you say jav about you know he started the game against united so to me that was signal that potch has an intention of 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 starting him in in certain games so why cut our nose off to spite our face? If, if something happens to Ben Davis, we're then scrambling around for another left back. That and you know I think Waterpeet is, is a wonderful talent, and in the end he may find that the left back becomes his his position because he does play there. But I don't see why he would put Waterpeet into that situation where it's then all thrown on on his head. I think Poch is savvy enough to realise that by giving Walker-Peters games and then taking him out of the team, he'll thrive and and perform better doing that than have, you know, a situation whereby we are then reliant on him to to provide a cover in, in, in a position that he's not only not comfortable with, but one that he hasn't really played a great deal for us. In. You know, he came and and, and he was a, a right wing back for the start and then and end of last season. Um, again, he wasn't good yesterday, Rose. In comparison to everybody else, I think when everyone else performed so well and and he genuinely did look rusty, that back pass to to Haya really could have caused us problems. He's gonna he's gonna shine a massive light onto him. And and while I don't think he will leave the club and I don't think he'll be sold this window. I, I don't see a long-term future for him with us. I really don't. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm inclined to agree with that. I think we we just need to see if, he, if he's still here for, for, for beyond the August European window and, and beyond the January window, then I think it, it's just going to be one of those. We're going to have to see how it pans out over the course of the season. And, and I'd, I'd be... I'm only going by by well, I'm only going by one game, but I, but Shaw also had a decent game. Um, I think the first game they played against Leicester. Um, if Shaw has a good season at United with his contract running out, it's a no-brainer come next summer. To, to, he was their to, best player against Brighton. He was their best player. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, that's odd the way that and the way that Jose, uh, you know, Maureen has um, put him down and slated him, and he's yet yeah, he's their best player. I wasn't. There was lots of talk um, last season about Shaw linking, being linked with us, and I think a lot of that was just lazy talk because it was a whole. He played under Pochettino, and and it was, some of it was on the back of the the the, the, the book um, Brave New Worlds, and and what how Pochettino talks about him within that book. Um, uh, my reservation at the time was, well, you know, Danny Rose was still Danny Rose, and and I was sort of hopeful that we might see the best of him um i was hopeful that perhaps all would be forgiven i think the problem now is you've still got even if he's been forgiven i think you can't change what's been said and 
and I don't know if mentally he's in the right place, but also from a performance point of view, he doesn't seem the same player. Coupled with that, you know, a year ago, six months ago, Shaw wasn't playing regularly for United. He was injured quite a lot. At the moment, he's had a run of games and he's done well. So if if that continues, I would be quite happy for, for Danny Rose to be sold in the summer and for us to go for somebody like Shaw or, or even perhaps the lad at Celtic we've been linked with. Um, his name escapes me. Tierney. Tierney. Or Sessignon, your favourite, Kev. Yeah, the lad at Fulham who, yeah. He's not left back. It has to be said, though. Um, I suppose he could play as a wing back. Um, right, we've got still got quite a lot to go through. Um, just one final thing on the United game. Um, we had a question from um, Lee Marston. His Twitter handle is at Lee Marston eighty one. He says, "What do you make for Man U fans getting selfies with Tottenham players?" Um, he goes on to say, "For me, it's a no-no." That was odd. I, I had no issue with Mora. I think mean, the one that I saw was Mora, and I had no issue with Mora himself um, taking photos with them. Good, good for him for for obliging and 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 doing that. Often players will just walk walk by and and not not do that. And, and why should he if if it's a if it's the opposing team? So good for him for doing that. But I found it strange that United fans. Um, were doing that, and their team's just been humiliated. Hum- been embarrassed 3-0 yeah, when, I, I watched that back again tonight and you can't see any United colours on any of those fans and it looks like one of them's got either a dark blue scarf on so I don't know if they were Spurs fans in the away end or not hmm. one, I mean one, yeah, one of them had a, a, a baseball hat on that said Camden Town so he probably was a Man United fan to be fair <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. They, have, they, they haven't got any. They've not wearing United jackets. They, they've got their coats done. I don't know. They might. They may not have been United fans, but it is bloody weird. You know, it, it's almost look at what you could have won because they wanted him. So there you go. Yeah, I've never seen any any person, anybody I know that would would even contemplate going to a rival player. You know, from from an up from the other team and, and taking a selfie. You know, I, I you know I said on Twitter today the only the only exception to that that I think of is if you're if the player on the opposing team is is a is a, a player that you used to play for your own team and they didn't leave on bad terms, say a D- Jermaine Defoe or, or something like that. Like I could understand that happening, but to go over and get a selfie with I don't know Meza Urzel. I mean, uh, I was going to say Mark of, Noble. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could think of, I could think of 101 things I'd rather do than do that, and I think that goes for the majority of Spurs fans and even United City, whoever you, whoever you support. I cannot, I cannot fathom why you would. I mean, I know he's a professional footballer, and and it's one to put up on your, you know. WhatsApp group and say, look who I just had a selfie with, but uh, uh, bizarre to me. Very bizarre. Hey, everybody loves us. That is true. Oh, this is true. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, 
in the second half of the podcast, we, 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 we will look at predictions for Watford. Um, we will discuss um, Hugo Lloris and his antics off the pitch. Um, we will briefly look at the Champions League, Champions League draw on Thursday, and we'll take a few more questions from listeners. But before we do, here is Bex with this week's Spurs ladies update. Hey, it's Bex. Girls play today in their second round of the Conti Cup. They play Brighton and Hove Albion, and that was at Chesson, starting at one o'clock. So um, it was a really interesting game. Um, Rihanna Dean scored in the seventh minute, followed by Megan Wynn, who put us 2-0 up in the first half. Brighton scored in the 51st minute to take it to 2-1. And then they scored on the 91st minute, or they equalised, sorry, on the 91st minute to take it to 2 all Because it's a round-robin group games, this, of course, meant they went to penalties. So... Today's penalties were really, really interesting. They also had penalties last week. So it just makes it a little bit more fun. Well, it makes it fun if you win. Unfortunately, the girls did this week. They won, get this, 10-9. This is, it's an impressive scoreline, you know, winning 10-9 on penalties is always nice. What makes it more impressive is that Brighton are a WSL1 side, so they're a, a league up from us, which is always really good. So, girls seem really, really happy. Twitter is full of them, um feeling very, very pleased and congratulating each other. So it was clearly yet another good team game. Anybody who's had a look at the new revamped Spurs website will know that it's a pain in the arse. And that's just as true for the girls' um, side of the website as it is for the lads. The next league game is on September the 9th. That's at home to London Bees at one o'clock. So if you've got nothing else to do, you know what I'm going to tell you. Go and watch them because it's good. And with a score like like 10-9, you can't really lose, can you? Um, Anyway, that's me. If anybody wants anything else, I am on Twitter at Bunches Becks. Cheers, bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. Thank you, Becks. Cheers, Becks. Right. Uh, So we've got Watford next on... um, on Sunday, away from home. Um, It would be a great shame if we um, undone the work, good work of last night and, and didn't get a victory. I think it's one of those where... Um, we've, we've really got a. It, it's well, it's the final game before the international break, um, and then we've got Liverpool next. So, it sounds very like I'm stating the obvious here, but, but it's one of those games we we just need to win and just get the points in the bag because I, I suspect Liverpool they've got Leicester away. I'm going to assume they they're going to win that match, um, but they won't be easy. And we've got we, we've got to do the same to to um, keep up with them. And looking at City's fi- fixtures, they've. Um, Obviously, two points behind us, having dropped points against Wolves, but they've got an easy run of games. I think home games um, coming up, so it, we need to win. Um, simple as that. Will it be anything other than that? Um, let me come to the Watford girl first. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh gosh, you know it's funny because Watford invariably, whenever I do a podcast, Watford always seems to do quite. <laughs> And then we play them, and then they seem to either we either tend to roll them over or they tend to trip us up. And uh, uh, do you know it, it's funny? I, I I I hope that we can go into the Watford game having come off the back of that United win with confidence. And it's going to be a really good match, I think, because it's two teams that are in really good form at the moment. And ah. Uh, I, my heart says Tottenham will win. I will always, I will always believe that, and I will always back my team. 
but there's something about Watford play, and the way that they're playing at the moment, and they're and they're they're grinding out results, and they're and they're and they're doing and they're doing it, it to to a point where they're almost winning ugly, and I I have a horrible feeling that that that's usually where we come unstuck against teams like that that can that can grind wins out. I I think we'll we'll beat them three one. I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet against Watford because I think they're, they're particularly Pereira at the moment. He's um, he's up there with, on the goal scoring charts, and I think he's 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 actually looking quite dangerous for Watford from what I've seen. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think we we'll do well to go there and, and get a result. We've gone to Old Trafford and, and and got a result. There's no reason why we can't go to Vicarage Road without being disrespectful to my hometown team, team and, and, and turning them over to get a result there. I think almost as much as the performance is going to be um, important, I think the result, knowing we've got Liverpool coming up afterwards, the, the three points is, is imperative, in my opinion. Imperative. For me, I can see it being one of those frustrating afternoons like we had at Crystal Palace and then we nick it right at the end. It'll be one of those. They'll keep it tight. We'll have some hairy moments. Um, it'll be it'll be back and forth all game, and then I think we'll just pip it at the end. I'm going to go one nil. Hmm. We do have a tendency, um, or maybe it's just me, but we don't. I always feel that we'll play one really good game, and then the expectation will rise, and we'll assume that we're going to do that against somebody else, against a supposedly lesser team, and then we come unstuck. Um, and even if we we win that match, it's it's not as convincing as as you know going to Old Trafford and winning 3-0. Um, I think that Watford have done as well as they have um, to grind out those re- results, and um, I'm not going to take anything away from them. I think it, it, it's, it's a good start. Um, results speak for themselves, but they haven't played anybody in the top six yet, as far as I know. Um, dare I say anybody in the top three? Um, I don't mean by top three, I don't mean by virtue of the fact that we are in the top three. I think we are a top three team. Um, we, we've been so for the last two seasons and I fully expect us to finish somewhere in the top three this season um, I you know, Palace, I think Palace, Burnley and Brighton they played Palace, Burnley, Brighton. yeah and, and you know Burnley they've had a tricky start to the season Palace aren't too bad I think that they've done well this season um, who was the other one Brighton do you say uh, yeah so Palace, Burnley, Brighton and they got done 1-0 at Old Trafford okay um, they uh, I, I think the thing that's in our favour at the moment, we've made a good start. Momentum is with us, and by and large, we've got everybody. We'll have no. to see about trip here. We've got everybody fit. Can I can I make a correction? They got beat in the last game of the last season. Old Trafford. By Old Trafford. Okay. Yeah, they've only um, played three games this season. What a what a and, and 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 won all three. Yeah. Um. I think we've we've got strength and depth, and we've got the option. So I I, I like yourself, Zoe. I. I I predict we're going to win three one, and I, I I don't think we're going to struggle um, there. I think I can even see it being three nil again. Um, I I really do, and I think we had a, we were talking discussing about Dembele earlier on and whether he'll start. And yeah, he's fully deserves to start. I think it'll ball down um, obviously to his fitness and whatnot. But I think that the good thing about having everybody available, bar one Yama, who's I don't know how, how far away he is from returning to first team action. I think I read somewhere that he's fairly close, um, but 
I'm sure Pochettino won't rush him back. So if you take him out of the equation, pretty much everybody else is available. I think Forrest got an injury. Lamella's got a nickel. Lamella's got a nickel. How bad bad is it? That's the question, I suppose. Which which trip here, we don't know. He was named on the bench uh, yesterday and then he was replaced by Amos because he picked up an injury in the... Mm. the, And he was replaced. So I'm going to assume he's not going to be fit for Watford. Okay. We've obviously got Sun at the Asian Games, but but aside from that, we've got if Trippier makes it, and I'm going to make the opposite assumption, and if Lamella is able to be on the bench, okay, yeah. the thing is we've got the strength and depth now to, for example, if we don't start Dembele, um, we can go with a back three and play Sanchez. Um, Dyer would continue in midfield. Eriksen could drop further deep. We've got different options, and I think that that's. The luxury of having everybody available is you can play different formations, you can play different personnel. I think the worst thing is when we've had a few injuries in the past and we've had to play, as good as Dembele is, but sometimes we've had to play play him because we're short of numbers, um, where the option to rest him isn't there. Or, for example, we've had to play um, uh, Dyer at the back because we haven't had the options um, at, at the back and then we lose something in, in, in midfield. And I think we, we've got the strength and depth at the moment. I really do. Um I mean, you look at the bench yesterday. Okay, Lamella missed out because because of that injury. Picked up in the warm up, but he would have been there otherwise. Son, obviously, in the Asian Games, um, we we do have the quality, um, and I and I, I think we'll. Uh, I'm fairly confident. Famous last words. I think I think we can we can go there and and get a free one or a free nil. No, I'm going for free nil. No, forget it. Free nil. Another clean, another clean sheet. Um, talking of clean sheets, um, Hugo Lloris, um, his antics off the field. I think uh, the discussion that I suppose we possibly could have had, it might have been very different um, if it had been before yesterday's game. Um, as it was, Pochettino has taken the decision to, to not only to play him, which I think I don't think anybody for a minute thought that he would would drop him. But there was some talk that perhaps he would strip the captaincy, um, and he hasn't done that. Um, and he's taken a decision, and I fully respect Pochettino, um, the decision that he's taken. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, that's that. As for the actual incident, um, drink driving, 2am, um, you know, out boozing. Um, my thoughts are that... Um, he was a stupid boy, firstly, first and foremost. Um, he's broken the law, and I think the law will... We've got to let that process go through, and I think he will be punished, um, I hope, um, proportionately to, for, 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 um, and accordingly. Um, and I imagine that there'll be an internal fine that will, that will dish out. But the fact is... He's a smart guy. He's a He's a decent guy. He's not somebody that has um, done stupid things in the past and as serious as it is I think what he's done um, I I think that the way it's been handled has been right Um, it was interesting that right at the end when Pochettino was um, embracing all the players he hugged and lifted Hugo in the air and gave him a peck on the cheek Um, and I mean he's obviously fully supportive of his club captain and it, it it's just a shame on on two camps. One, you never want to hear about a player, d- you know, doing something stupid, whoever it is, and, and drink driving is a, is a serious offence. And let's face it, he could have killed somebody. 
Um, thank God he didn't. Um, we we ridicule or mock um, Chelsea and and Marcus Alonso, um, and you know, and, and sadly one of our own players has, has been involved in an incident like that. It's still so disappointing, I think, for me that the last few years, you know, we've got that team spirit that you alluded to earlier, um, Zoe, but we've also got you know great professionals. You'd never hear anything bad about any of the first team players. You, you know, you don't hear any any um, reports of um, players misbehaving, that sort of thing. And and of all the players that could do something stupid, the last player that you'd think of, well, Harry Kane would be one, but. Um, Hugo Lloris was, was the other. He's Mr. Sensible. Um, so it's a great shame that you know what happened the other nights happened. But um, I'm hoping that he will learn his lesson and, and we can, as a club, draw a line under line under it all and move on. Well, drink drivers are twats. He made a he, he made a massive error of judgment. He should have never have done it. He's rich enough to be able to afford a taxi or an Uber or something to get him home. Um, however much he's over the limit whether it be 1.5 points or, or whatever he shouldn't have done it we've i've given pelters to chelsea fans for alonso's drink driving record and you know that that's the dark end of it where people end up dying um but you shouldn't do it um i'm glad he re- retained the captaincy i'm glad he stood up i'm glad he took the pelters and i'm glad we can move on from it he made some important saves last night especially between the first and second goals to keep us in it so i'm, I'm glad he, his game wasn't affected by all of the controversy but we just need to move on now i think um, um before bringing those just 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 to, just to add to that i'm also glad that that he was caught because just just imagine the following scenario that um he did what he did um and you know at 2 a.m police didn't stop him you know they're, they're just he happened to get home and and the whole thing would have you know we, we wouldn't have heard about it life would have gone on and then it unfortunately could have then repeated itself and this time somebody could have been hurt um so although it's it's an awful thing to have happened or rather it didn't happen if it's going to happen I'd, I'd, i'm glad that he got caught and hopefully he he will be punished both internally by the club in terms of a fine and and, and um, the magistrates will dish out whatever punishment which they deem fit and fair um, and hopefully he'll learn from that. Um, and also the other thing I was going to add was what you said at the outset about getting a taxi. He knew what he was, you know, it was premeditated. He knew that he was going to go out, um, meet up with with some friends and and drink and... Uh, and presumably drink excessively and, and and over the limit. So knowing that, why the hell did he get in in a sober state when he was fully aware um, in a car, knowing that later on he wouldn't be in a state where he could drive back safely? What would it have cost him to to get an Uber in this in this day and age? Um, nothing really. So the only problem is that they're probably all fucking scummy West Ham fans driving the fucking things. Now they're giving them pelters. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, let's let's move on. He's 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 made a mistake. He's going to pay the cost. Um, I don't think the club should suffer because of it. I don't think he needs to be sold. I don't think he needs to have his captaincy stripped. He just needs to take the slap on the wrist, and dig like a man, and move on. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if I could just come in here. Um... Oh, I don't know. Sorry, should we? Um, yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it just, it, do you know what it is? It, I, I, I've said this before, but every time I come on this pod, I'm always talking about Larice, whether it be a performance, whether it be because the, the last couple of times I was on, we were talking about when he was going through a little bad patch of form, and he made a couple of on on the field errors, and it seems like I'm constantly talking about him, and you know, um, I agree with everything you said. I echo every single sentiment that has been said by you both. I think it was an idiotic thing to do i think the worst thing was the fact that it was the shock of of suddenly seeing that headline um break on on twitter for me and like jav said you know it, it was a completely unexpected turn of events he was the, one of the last players you would expect to be in that scenario in the first place and but what i did like and what i am very very proud of with our and why i think we have such brilliant fans is that it, i didn't see anybody jumped to his defence blindly you know like how some sometimes fans tend to do with their players you know they tend to defend them whether it be for some on, on the field incident off the field incident whether they're right whether they're wrong I've seen that with fans what I did see was that regardless of the position of the of the player involved in the club and he happens to be our club captain but everybody was rightly very cross very angry disgusted in his actions and people were making it known and rather than blindly defending him a lot of people were very very upset by what he did and rightly so because it was an idiotic thing to do and I absolutely stand by their sentiments your sentiments that drink driving is unacceptable whoever you are you know people die because of that and I agree with Jav what Jav said that maybe getting caught was the best thing because not only is he going to um, have to look at his own behaviour, but, you know, hopefully it will stop any any sort of event like that happening ever again with any of our players. Um, he's taken it like a man. He's apologised. I believe that apology to be genuine. Um, he's retained the captaincy, a decision made by Pochettino that I fully stand by. I um, fully respect the fact that he's kept him as our club captain because he feels that he is the best man for the job to do that and and once this whole episode gets blown over again i think john's right it's best that we draw a line under it and move on it should also be said even if um you know, even if it, he he got an Uber home, let's just say for sake of argument, and obviously then, we, we, then in that scenario we wouldn't, we wouldn't have broken the law, we wouldn't have heard about any of this. But the fact remains also he he was out until two a.m. Um, and as far as I know, he 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 was supposed to be in training the next day. Um, now I'm not saying that doesn't happen in in everyday everyday lives. Um, you know. Um, people will go out on a school night um, and they will be in work the next day and I think generally employers don't care what you do the night before and or how much sleep you've had as long as you can do your job properly the, the next day but as a professional athlete um, I, he's abused his body um, and that I think side of it was, was disappointing as well but again Hopefully, um, it's a one-off. It's not going to happen, happen again, um, and it'll be a lesson to everybody else in the club um, not, 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 not to do um, anything like that. Um, right, uh, very briefly, Champions League draw this Thursday. Um, I believe we're in pot two. 
Um, the last two seasons we've been in pot three, so we're in pot two. Um, and I think that means, for example, we will avoid the likes of Roma, possibly, and Napoli, off the top of my head. Um, pot three and four are still to be filled because there are still um, games going on uh, tonight and tomorrow night. Um, but, for example, I believe in pot four you've got Inter Milan. So we could end up with a situation where we draw, for example, I don't know, let's say Barcelona from pot one, um, somebody or, or another from pot three, and then someone like Inter from pot four. Is there anybody that either of you fancy? And by, by that, I don't mean fancy our chances, chances against, but I, I just generally mean, is there any, are there any ties, any teams that you'd like us to play or, or just indifferent about it? It's a tough question, tough question. Um... Do you know, I think we've learnt our lesson in the Champions League to expect the unexpected. And I think to go in into the, the, the draw with any preconceived ideas that getting an easy draw will in any way benefit us, I think it's, I think it's been proven a long time ago. There's, there's not one team in particular that, that I think, oh yeah, great, I really want to draw them. I'm, I'm quite happy to see how the draw pans out and, and take it from there. Now, it'd be interesting to see exactly who we do get and whether it's going to be a case of drawing the big boys again like we did last year and, and having to, to raise our game accordingly. But, you know, nobody worries me in that sense because I've seen what we did against Real Madrid. You know, that that doesn't faze me anymore. Draw, drawing a, a team like that would normally have scared me to death. But um, I don't know. We'll wait and see what happens, and then I think we can react to it better after we know who we've got. But at the moment, there's nobody really that off the top of my head that I can say, yeah, I definitely want to try our try our luck against that that team. So no. the teams, the teams in the tournament, um, I'll just quickly run through them. So from pot one, you've got Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona. I'm not going to mention the English teams because we can't draw against them. Um, Bayern Munich, Juventus, PSG. Locomotive Moscow in pot one, really. Um, pot two, so the following things we can't play Dortmund, Porto, Shakhtar, Donetsk, Napoli, and Roma, because we're in pot two. Uh, pot three, Schalke, Leon, Monaco, CSK, Moscow, Valencia. Well, it says Valencia, but I think they're not. It's not confirmed, sorry. So Schalke, Leon, Monaco, CSK, Moscow. Pot four, Club Bruges, Galatasaray, Inter Milan, Hoffenheim, and and I mean a few to be confirmed from pot four and pot three. John, is there anybody that quite fancy? Well, I found a little simulator where you could do the draw, and I went through it a couple of times. And the three times that I did it, I drew Barcelona, us and Barcelona. Oh, I'd like that. <laughs> um, oh gosh. Yeah, and 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 Inter, as you said. And literally, the, 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 it was Barcelona, Tottenham, CSK, Moscow and Inter. The three times I did it, we came out like that. The other groups are all different, um, literally. But that our group came out that three times in a row. I think when if you start getting, if you pick out English teams in a certain combination, we can only be left with that. So it, it, it could be a good chance that we're going to get those. Um, but saying that, we'll probably end up with Bayern, Salzburg and AEK, Athens. Who knows? Um <laughs> <laughs> like, Sorry, let's get let's get Schalke. Let's have the Benjamin Stambouli derby, eh? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I'd I'd quite like Juve again. If we could, I'd like Juve again. Set a few demons to rest there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't know. I quite fancy them again, but we'll, but we'll see. Knock a few mm. goals past Chesney. Why not? <laughs> 
I I wouldn't. I tell you what, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't like us to play a couple of seasons back. We had um, uh, Monaco, Leverkusen, and the CSK, and we did terrible. And then last season, on paper, I know it was perhaps maybe a fading. Well, I say a fading Madrid team. But they still they still won it, um, and and uh, Dortmund team who weren't the the, the force um, of yesteryear. And who who was the other team in our group last season? Um, the Cypriot team. Um, but on paper, we had a, 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 a arguably a tougher group, but it certainly was a more glamorous group, and we came out of it. I, I don't want us to play. A, I don't want us to be in a dull group. And I felt felt two years ago with Monaco, CSK, and Leverkusen, it was a bit bit dull in terms of um, they, none of them striking me as sort of glamorous European teams. And we'd also played Monaco a few times before in the Europa. So I, I don't want that, and I don't want teams that we've played before, like in recent seasons, like Juventus and Madrid. So I'd quite like Barcelona, and uh, who was in Group Four, Inter, and also Club Bruges. I don't know why. I think it's something to do with the film Bruges. Or Bruges. Yeah, uh, Bruges is a nice place. It'd be a nice away day that. Um, but I, I think the likes of the ones perhaps we might want to avoid are Galatasaray, um, CSK Moscow again. It's going to be cold. Um, Locomotive Moscow from Pot One, but we can't draw both of those teams. Obviously, one of them's Pot One, and one's Pot, pot Three. It's, it's going to be either or if we get drawn against one. We can't get drawn against both. But um, yeah, we'll see how it pans out. Um, it's Thursday evening. Um, is, it, is it the evening? It's not daytime. It's normally sort of lunchtime, isn't it? It's a five o'clock. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, the draws at five pm. Um, Gareth Southgate also names his squad earlier in the earlier in the afternoon. Um, it's a bit weird. Two two big events happening on the same day. Right. Let's finish off with a few questions. Um, a couple more. Um, Dave Phipps, do you think Toby is here to stay after? after last night's game um, he was my man of the match um, always in the right place and um, ties it up most of the loose end, ends and as a follow up Ed Brad says just pay Toby what he wants and tie him down for a few more years Toby was a beast last night He was, he was it was nearly uh, flawless his performance I'd say pay him what he needs and keep him at this if, if he'd have gone to United in the close season, we would have lost that game because he would have been in their defence. We need to keep players like that and they need to break the bank. If we haven't bought any players, we've got the money to spend on wages. So keep him. Keep him. Yeah, 100% echo that. You have to keep him. You look at his performance last night and you look what we would have... Not only what United would have gained, but we look at what we would have lost. And again... We didn't bring anybody in in the transfer window, so you know, use that money and invest it in keeping the players that we want, that Pochettino wants, that he's built his team around. Why dis- why dismantle that? You know, yeah. you know, for the sake of twenty five million pounds, what? There's no, I don't see the value in that. Agree the contract, get him to sign on the dotted line between now and and the end of the season, and. You know that's that a situation that doesn't need to that doesn't need to to be one that is. I I can't see it being like the Alexis Sanchez situation whereby he's going to hold off and then want to look to go in January. I I I can't I can't see that happening. And I don't, I don't think we'll, we'll allow that to happen. We can't. We can't. I, I think worst case worst case scenario he'll, he'll go in the summer. 
the only the only the only thing with with Toby is that if he had come back into this into the side, so say we didn't sell him this summer, and the the transfer window comes and goes, and he's still with us because obviously the the international window is still open, but you know I can't see him leaving now. Say we get to January time and towards the end of the season, I I, I can't see why we would let him go then. For the sake of that, for that, of that release cause, we, we may as well carry on the negotiation process, and and hopefully, had he come back into the side and he'd been sitting on the bench like he had been doing for the whole of pretty much the whole of last season, I could understand him then looking to force a move earlier, looking to force a move in January, say, because he wouldn't be playing and Sanchez had, would have overtaken him in the pecking order, but the fact that he's gone back into the first team now says to me, like with the situation with Rose says to me that Pochettino has identified the fact that Toby and Jan are his centre-back pairing and Sanchez will be used if we need to deploy a back three. I can't see a situation this season where Sanchez and Vertonghen, if Alderweireld is fit, whether they, where they will play together as a back, back two. I, 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 don't, I don't see that happening now. I think that last season, um, history history would have been very different if um, Toby hadn't pulled up with that injury against um, Madrid. Um, I think we would have persisted with a back three, and he would have played. Um, and uh, the, the contract negotiations would, would have still gone on and and maybe got got nowhere. But I think he he he, he would have he would have played. Um, I was a bit surprised when we went with a back four that he didn't come back in the team. But to be fair to Sanchez, he played he played well. There was no reason to drop him at that point, and there was no reason to change formation just to accommodate Toby. So there might have been other reasons why he didn't, you know, he he didn't come back in in the team. Therefore, and that obviously would with any player player of that quality it, it's going to lead to frustration and, and, and whatnot. but at the moment he seems happy you've only got to look at his social media um, posts um, the last few weeks and it's it's not just the fact that he's happy it's very sort of Spurs oriented um, I mean he changed his his cover for his Facebook um, uh, page to, to one which had lots of Spurs cockerels and, and a few weeks ago even when he didn't start against Newcastle he, he made reference to let's go and win, win, win the league in the new stadium so yeah, I think he's, he's he's been very positive and um, uh, we, he's an integral part we've, we've got to keep him it's, it's a no-brainer as good as Sanchez is and as young as he, as he is and, and hopefully he's a future um you can't let a player of Toby's quality go. It's, it's as simple as that. Um, one thing that I, one thing that did occur to me is so it, if we extend, if we do nothing come the summer, right? And if we, if, we, if he doesn't sign a new contract, we do we do nothing. He can go on a free, right? If we extend his contract by another year, that triggers a release clause of twenty five million, whereby he can be sold in the last two weeks of the transfer window. As I understand it, what I what I don't understand is if what if the player himself doesn't want to go? Yeah, that's a good point. What 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 would then happen? So it, so it, so it, we give him the extension. We don't we don't necessarily give him a new contract. We just extend it by a further twelve months, um, which in itself would allow more time for contract negotiations of the, of the following season should he stay. Um, that triggers. Um, 
a release clause in the last two weeks of, of, of next summer's window. So a club can come in for 25 million. But what if the player says, actually, I, I don't want to go? What would, what would happen then? Mm. In scenario? I think I the, the only option is is renegotiate uh, it's a new contract, a completely new contract yeah. with with no or no buyout clause or a larger buyout clause. Which is essentially what he, what he wants. He, he wants that. He wants a better deal. That's and a high I wage. Think, yeah, and I, I think I said this towards the end of last season, and I and maybe at the time I was clutching straws somewhat, but I felt that we'd move moving into the new stadium. We'd see a scenario where the likes of Pochettino, um, Kane. Would sign new contracts, which which has happened so far with obviously with with, with Pochettino, with Kane, with Lamella, with Son, uh, Sanchez, a few others, and hopefully in time, uh, Delhi and Ericsson. I think they were the next two that, that were talked about. And by for example, Kane signing that brand new contract, it's it's going to raise the ceiling. And if it raises the ceiling, then suddenly we might be in a position to offer um, Toby perhaps what or closer to what he wanted. Um, say six months ago or nine months ago or whenever it was equally by the same token if we've raised the ceiling it might, might raise the level of greed and he might want a bit more um, than what he wanted originally but um, we shall see um, I'm right, more final... sorry. Sorry, sorry sorry Jeff because I'm, I'm more confident of his, of his stay knowing that one we didn't bring anybody in in the window any sort of centre half in the window and two mm. that we've let Cameron Carter Vickers go out on loan I'm more confident of those chain events happening, that Toby will stay. Yep, and we've got Foyth injured as well at the moment, mm-hmm. so we, we, we're short of cover. And if you play Dyer at the back, and then then it goes back to the question: if you play Dyer at the back, then you lose something in midfield with with Banyama injured. So yeah, that, that's a good point. I, I can't partly can't can't help thinking, and we we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but we were linked with um, Delight or Delit um, towards the end of last season, at the beginning of the summer, um, and if. I don't know if that was there was any truth in that, but it, but if 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 there was, and if that deal had gone through, um, is he still at Ajax? I think so. Yeah. If that deal had gone gone through, maybe at that point we would we would have been like, right, we've got our we've got our man, and we would have sold him on. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I, we don't, we don't know what goes on behind behind the scenes. Half the players that we're we're, we're linked with, um, we never sign, seem to sign anyway, which then begs the question: where, what was there any truth in? Any of those rumours, um, even the whole not. Toby, yeah, even the whole Toby thing, you sort of think, well, one hundred eighty thousand. He, he's he's demanded that, has he? Who knows? He's demanded something, but nobody knows the exact figures. Right, um, final two questions, um, Zach Casnola. When will we hear McNamara's band sang by Spurs away loud enough to hear on TV? Um, I don't know that I've ever heard it at a away match, so I don't know that. Um, it's anything that you would hear on TV. The only time that I've heard McNamara's band is at half-time at home matches when it's traditionally played out. Yes, that's the only time I've heard it. Maybe it needs an updated version, um, or, or some different. You know, but it's a bit complex. It's it's not um, simple. I don't think it's simple enough for people just to grasp and sing. Do you know the words for it? Um, uh, I know the tune of it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't same, know the words same. of it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, right. Final one. Final question on the pod. So this is the, the uh, recurring question um, that we ask each and every week um, for people who have appeared on the podcast for the first time this season. So Zoe, as it's your first time, the question is from at I know Alan Gilzine. Which Spurs player, current Spurs player, would you like to travel? Would you like to travel to and sit with at an away game? Oh, that's a good question. Um, 
Uh, do you know, I, I looked through this earlier on the, on the on the on the running order, and I, I was thinking, think, sitting there thinking to myself, is it a past player or is it somebody in the current squad, or can it be either? I did current. both. I did both. Oh, or, okay. Oh, yeah. But... I'm gonna go for somebody in the current squad, and because I think he'd be an absolute barrel of laughs, and he's positive and he's our Mr Sunshine I reckon I reckon Sonny would be a would be a good person to choose I think mm. he would be a laugh a minute um to sit there and 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 uh, enjoy the away game with and uh hopefully then the following game he'd be playing because he'd be uh <laughs> having no military service because he'd won one away with the uh, South Korea and he'd be even happier than he normally is so I'll go with uh Hungmin Son please to travel and sit with it an away game Good call. Good, good, good shout. Right, um, we're recording the next podcast um, a week Monday, uh, Monday evening. Uh, my guess will be I haven't fucking clue because um, I, it's I, yeah, I don't know. So um, that shall be confirmed nearer the time. Um, until then, um, thank you, John. No worries. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you, Jav. Thank you, Zoe. Cheers, guys. Thanks for being back. And until next week, the future's bright, the future's clearly white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its load of nights We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Pull on that lily white and run on to that green Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.